what is the most important thing you did early on to set your business up for success? When I first started, I told myself, you know what? I don't care how much I spend on marketing. I just do not care. I will spend every last dollar I have on marketing and I will even spend money that I don't have if, if that's what it meant. So I spent a lot, a lot of money into advertising, into branding. I mean, for people listening, it's really just you need to spend time on marketing and advertising and branding. This is what people see. This is what people understand. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the long-awaited Upflip podcast. I'm your host, Alex Freeman. And today we've got a special guest, Stephen Rogers, who was previously featured on our YouTube channel for his pressure washing business. Back in August of this year, 2021, 21-year-old Stephen was making $120,000 a month with his NW Softwash. And we'll be checking up on his progress and diving deep into his incredible story, asking a lot of interesting questions. And a lot of those questions will come from our fans. The best thing about Stephen is the fact that he built his company from the ground up with a meager investment of only $1,500. Today, you'll hear how he's managing his marketing employees, how he plans to scale further, what his revenues are like now, and much, much more. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Alex, thanks for having me. Uh, it hasn't been that long since our last conversation, but how has NW Softwash been doing the last couple of months? Anything new to share with listeners? Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're starting to roll into our fall and winter season right now. And so, you know, things, things will start slowing down as it starts to freeze outside, but we did just roll out our, our holiday lights. So we're going to be doing holiday lights this year. This is a new service, but we're super, super excited to uh, roll that out. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, I have to ask, are people recognizing you on the streets? The video we did with you uh, had over 400,000 views. So uh, did that have any effect on, on you and, and your business? You know, it really did. I was surprised. I did not expect to to have so many messages, DMs, Facebook messages, emails, and also calls into our office. I mean, it's been we've had a lot of people reach out. Doing my best to reach out to to as many as, as the listeners as as I can. Um, but it definitely was a big hit. Obviously, it, it spoke to a lot of younger younger kids getting out of high school. You know, maybe maybe not going to college, and so looking to start their own business. Definitely strong accord with them, uh, which. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and that's you know that's always the goal. We'd love to hear that. Um, and for those of you that are listening that haven't seen this this particular YouTube video, make sure you head over to the Upflip YouTube channel and find our our interview with Stephen. There's also a lot of great other videos in there as well. But uh, Stephen's is is fantastic, as can be attested to by the views. So, Stephen, what's your average monthly revenue today? Has that changed since the last time we talked? So yeah, so it's it's still sitting around the same same revenue that we've been doing throughout the throughout the summer, uh, right in that one ten to one twenty thousand dollars a month um, in revenue. So it hasn't changed, um, but we're we're hoping that throughout you know throughout the winter season as we do holiday lights, we will definitely have a lot more opportunity to um, even even bring in more than that. And then of course next spring as we ramp up our production and get more trucks out on the road. So yeah, you've you've mentioned here you're adding holiday lights um, as a new service. What went into the thought process of adding this new service? Yeah, you know, my wife and I were talking, and as things start to slow down, as far as people aren't really looking to get their roof and, and house washed, for instance, in the in the winter time, we want to make sure that all of our guys out working can stay throughout the winter time. And so for us, it was like sitting, you know, sitting around talking about it. Hey, how are we going to make this happen? And then holiday lights came up, of course, and we said, you know what? 
my wife's like, we got to commit to this. We got to do this. So I said, awesome. You know what? Let's do this. And so I gave a call to uh, one of my good friends on the East Coast who owns a, you know, a larger power wash company as well. And I said, hey, where did you get your holiday lights from? We've fully committed to making this happen. So I need your supplier's number. So he gives me a call. He gives supplier's number and I've immediately called them. You know, I made a big order. We purchased a lot of holiday lights. We've got about 15,000 feet. So it was a big purchase for us, but it was like, you know what? We've committed. We're going to we're going to make this happen and we're going to sell out. Wow, that's great. Um and with with the power washing company, you've you've achieved pretty impressive revenue growth in a really short amount of time. Um what has been your secret to scaling that pressure washing business? Um and is it just, you know, one of those adding more trucks and teams? Or are there other ways to go about it? Is it adding those services? Is it adding holiday lights? What's the, what's the trick? Yeah, for me, it was, really, it was really about sales. I'm really, really focused on making sure our marketing and our sales is really, really dialed in. The production comes after that. So as we were rolling into the winter, I wanted to make sure that we could keep our revenue up and hit our goals. And so the holiday lights was a great way to keep that going. But as far as just making sure that that <laughs> we're, we're bringing in the revenue, it's just it's it's super important that through the slow months, most small businesses have a hard time keeping payroll going, and unfortunately, they have to lay off some of their some of their guys. So I knew that that wasn't going to be an option. I didn't want to do that. That was that was kind of the main reason for for the holiday lights. And what processes does a business need to have in place before it starts to grow? How do you evaluate the effectiveness of your business systems and implement changes in a productive, non-disruptive way? With our systems of processes, again, we're a new company, and so this is our we're rolling into our third third year in business. So it was it was something that we now are like, wow, we we need those systems and processes. Uh, it's just starting out. It was like we need to we need to get revenue. We need to get jobs. We need to we need to get sales. And now it's like wow, we need the processes in order to keep good people here that want the steady pace and know exactly where they need to be, um, and to have the good culture. We're now building out those systems. We're putting them into a SOP. Um, standard operating procedure place where, where everyone can see them at, at all times. And we have an app on our phone that we use. Throughout the wintertime is really a great place to start putting those processes together, of course, because spring becomes hectic. So for us, it was like, wow, so this winter, we need to focus on getting those processes and systems down. And then next spring, when we onboard a lot more employees, it'll be an easier transition for them. And looking back, uh, you know, all those years ago to year one, what is the most important thing you did early on to set your business up for success? And in in the ensuing years to to this point of entering year three, what's the is there anything you did that impeded your growth? The biggest thing that when I started, I knew personally that the only way I was going to create a successful business anywhere, you know, in, in any industry that I did, is I have to be known, and my business has to be known. And so when I first started. I told myself, you know what? I don't care how much I spend on marketing. I just do not care. I will spend every last dollar I have on marketing. And I will even spend money that I don't have if, if that's what it meant. So I spent a lot, a lot of money into advertising, into branding. And that really took us from the first year of you know me getting off the truck and um, hiring team members to having a few trucks and kind of stepping into the CEO, general manager kind of side of things. But for me, it was just... For people listening, it's really just... You need to spend time on marketing and advertising and branding. This is what people see. This is what people understand. And you're not going to need the best equipment. You know, And we talked about that in the YouTube video. You don't need the best equipment, but you do need to be known. People have to know who you are in order to, to flow you, to give you money. 
As you've been growing, uh, I'm sure there's been a lot to keep organized and uh, maintaining efficiencies. Uh, so what are the most useful tools for keeping a business organized and running efficiently? What software systems or other tools do you use and why did you choose them? So Google Drive is a really, really easy one to understand. Um, you know, we have we have a Google Drive folder with a specific user that's kind of our admin user, and then we have different folders in there. And so, whether it's production, whether it's admin, whether it's sales or the the HR department, we can go ahead and put some of those documents in there that that are needed for us to get the job done correctly. And then the other and then the other software that we use is called Trainual, and this is what's on the, what's an app on all the employees' phones. And um, they can go in there at any time of the day, search, you know, how to wash a house, for instance. They could search um, how to clean a roof. They could search my time off policy. And all of that is already in there from uh, what we've put in there. So we're constantly adding to it, but they kind of know what they're, what's expected of them. Um, so train you on Google Drive. Google Drive is free, of course. So it's really an easy way to categorize stuff and um, keep things clean. But of course, it, with anything, it's really how you use it. It's not what software you use. I would give... That's kind of my best advice is to use what you have. Don't worry about what you don't have because that comes later. And as, you, as you've been transforming your, your business and potentially implementing new, new processes, talk me through your approach for implementing a new business system or process. How long do you plan it? What's the planning stage before you put it in place? And how do you evaluate its success after you've implemented it? No, Alex, I... I have this kind of motto inside my head is is whenever something comes up, whether it's my production manager or my office manager, whenever something comes up, I think, can this be documented right now? So that way I don't have to reevaluate or say it over again. So mm. I think about, can this, can this be documented right now? Can this be written down? Can a video be made out of this? And that's how in the future... I will save more time instead of having to go over these things over and over and over again. Let's create a video or let's let's document that really quick and create it to a process. So really, when things start popping up, it's a question that, can I document this right now so I don't have to do it four or five, 10 times down the road? And that's really where you start to understand how you can scale is the more you document, the better you can scale. Mm, I love that. That's really great. Um, on the YouTube video, you talked about the importance of professional branded attire, uh, which which feels like it goes along with people need to know who who you are uh, for your business. Uh, where do you get the shirts for your staff? And did you design the logo and shirt yourself, or did you bring in a designer? We use we use a company called Finprint, and this is um, you know we we love them, so I love giving their name out. But they're a company in Canada. And they work with the service businesses. They work with painting companies, soft wash companies, um, roofers. I mean, you name it. But they have a type of shirt that is um, chemical proof. So when we're spraying our detergents, we don't have to worry mm. about our shirts getting spotted. Or um, yeah, so we we go through them for all of our shirts, and they designed it. So you know, we went to them. We said, hey, this is what we're wanting. They designed it. They've got our, their, you know their chemical resistant um, gear. But what's really really nice about it is. Everyone has everyone's wearing the same thing in my company, so it's very, very like the brand has been kind of written down and laid out. Like this is what we're doing, and everyone's wearing black pants. Everyone's wearing our uniform top and hat, and so we're very professional. If if a customer were to hire us, you know, a year later or six months later, they're going to get the same experience as they got uh, at the very at the very beginning. Is that clean and consistent branding a competitive advantage for you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So w- whether you go on their website, or go on our website, whether you go on our Facebook page, you're going to see very consistent branding. And for someone starting out, it's just it's just so, so important. Spend the money. You know, There's a lot of different places where you can get 
things designed, banners designed, um, you know, postcards, posts for Facebook, Facebook banners. I mean, all these things can be designed relatively at low cost through, um, you know, uh, freelancer websites. And it's just, it's just important to make sure that all the way across the board, you're representing what you value as a company. One of the common questions we got after the, the YouTube video was how you uh, go about accurately estimating your jobs. Can you, can you speak to that? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, that gets, that gets asked all the time. And basically, I, I could run, you know, run, run it through on how we estimate. But basically, we have... Um, right now, there's three, three estimators that we have. And we, we go out to the property. Basically, the office gets the call. We'll schedule the estimate. Um, the estimator goes out to the property. You know, we have little drones that we give out. So the estimators can take up the drones, snap photos of the roof, take take photos of the gutters. We know how how full and how clogged the gutters are, and we can do this all safely without walking on the roof. Anyhow, and then what we do is we we go on Google Earth. There's actually another app that we use. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's basically a measuring app, and we're able to go ahead and measure the entire roof, and then um, and then just go ahead and charge by the square foot. So. You know, as an owner, it's easy to to charge job by how long it's going to take, right? But when you start when you start expanding and growing, and you you, you maybe you hire a sales guy to come help you, he's not going to know necessarily how long that's going to take because he's a sales guy. So mm-hmm. it's really important that you have your pricing structure down. And and for us as a company, we charge by the square foot or by the the linear foot. You know, if we were to charge gutters. What are the most consistently productive ways to market a pressure washing business? Um, any new strategies you've been experimenting with? Just like I said earlier, with being known, it, whether that's for us and for me personally, Facebook and social media has been a, a one of the biggest blessings like ever known <laughs> that I've ever done before. So I would always recommend do what it takes to get known, whether that's, you know, is your customer base on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Well, matter of fact, most of them are. So I, you know, if I were to ask someone, if they said no, I would probably be wondering what's going on because most people are on Facebook and Instagram. So be on Instagram. For for us, it was like creating live videos and putting videos out into to communities, local communities and local local cities in our um, in our area. I would post videos saying, "Hey, you know, we're in your town today. We're cleaning this roof. This is how we're doing it. Um, this, is, this is who I am." You know, and doing that doing that more often than not will eventually get traction, and and it just will happen where people will start noticing you and, oh, I saw you on that video or I saw that in that group. It just after time, if you do enough content after time, it will pay off. People will know you. So uh, in, in the YouTube video and just now, you just mentioned the, the power of Facebook for small businesses. Um, is Facebook still your favorite place to connect with customers or are there other platforms that are equally valuable for bringing in new customers? Yeah, I would say Facebook is still at the top of the list. And YouTube, I think, would come next. YouTube's very powerful because the posts don't go away, right? The views are still there, and, and it helps on the Google search side of things as well. With the search, if you know, if, if someone were to search "soft washing in in Washington State," they might see a video of us on YouTube, and so they're they're going to be able to watch that video and understand how we clean roofs or who we are as a company. So, I would say Facebook and YouTube are very much tied into each other, and YouTube is also a great great tool when you're. Posting in an online community about your business or for your business, uh, what makes a post from a business feel spammy, and how do you avoid that sensation? And is it you know the frequency of posts or their tone that makes the biggest difference? Yeah, I think being genuine is really the biggest winner here. 
if you can be genuine, people will notice. I think that's that's an that's an easy thing to say, but in a video, you know, format, you got to you got to be genuine. You got to be there to help people. For me, I didn't really have a call to action all the time. I would just be showing the community what I was doing and um, what my team was doing. So at the end, I wouldn't say, you know, here have have us clean your roof. You know, that could be that could be a little bit spammy, and and that wasn't my my message. My message is trying to get known, not just to have a call to action. So this is very important for some of you that have that long game in your mind of oh, this is a this is a long game. This isn't a short term game. So when you're posting the videos. It's think of it as brand awareness. Like this is just what we're doing here, um, and we're in your neighborhood, and we're we're servicing your neighbors, and, and eventually people will call you, people will reach out to you. Um, but as far as how you know how often, Alex, we were talking about posting those groups. Yeah, you don't want to spam the groups. You're, you're gonna you're gonna eventually get blocked. But for some of these guys just starting out, posting once every week or once every couple days, it'll be fine. Making sure you know you're replying to all the comments as well. That's very very important. Stephen, we're entering the section of the show that we call our Fan Blitz Questions. So I'm going to ask you a, sort of a series of rapid-fire-esque questions. Uh, give me your quick three... You can, you can use more than three words, but three-sentence answer uh, to it. And these are coming directly from viewers on our YouTube channel. Uh, so if you out there listening haven't checked out that YouTube channel, make sure you go check it out, interact in the comments, and you might hear your question in a future fan blitz question section. So, Stephen, here we go. Seth Schlurf is asking about your thoughts on Home Advisor. <laughs> Home Advisor. I'll keep this short. Uh, Home Advisor, it, it works, right? I, I truly believe everything works if you put enough commitment, if you have enough commitment for that. I personally, we personally don't use it, but I know a lot of other companies that do and have great success. So I feel like if you're fully committed, it will work for you. Mike asked, have you ever wanted to quit and what helped you continue through hardships? That's a big one. I just, I just like everyone else have those, have those uh, thoughts. So for me, this is not a short-term game. So I think of it in, in my life of how long am I going to do this? And when is, what is my exit strategy? What am I going to do after this? And so I keep that in my mind. Hey, I got to keep doing this for my goal. And I, I always have goals that I, that I have for myself. And that definitely keeps me going. This question comes from Turner's Pressure Washing. Uh, did I make a mistake starting my pressure washing company in Southern California? And how should I prioritize my focus towards residential or commercial? Yeah, Southern California. You know, I've I've heard that area is is a little bit difficult. I would I would have to imagine um, they have a lot of rules regarding chemicals and and whatnot. They also don't have the moss growing like we do here in the Northwest. So I would say wherever you are. Find a way to be to become profitable, become the best. Um, but if it's just not good in your in your area, my advice is is to find something that is good for your area, whether that be a pressure wash company or another company. But but be fully committed, right? Be fully committed to make it happen. Chris Morlage asked, uh, "What would be the minimum equipment required to start up, and what are the insurance requirements?" Good questions. I would say getting jobs booked and then renting equipment is better than buying a bunch of equipment and not have any job. So you can you can go to Home Depot, you can rent a pressure washer, a J-Rod and an X-Jet would be a really good place to start for soft washing. I would recommend an X-Jet and then you just go rent a pressure washer and you're good to go. And then insurance, just to answer that question, insurance, there's a lot of every state has its own insurance policies. Um, you probably would just want to check with your state, um, but usually it's not a lot to get started. And finally, Mike N is asking, what is the hardest part in the beginning? How long did that hardship last? And what's the difference between uh, you and your competitors that make your clients keep coming back to you? 
all about the experience, right? So we are more expensive than most of our competitors. And, and that just comes with the quality that we offer. As far as you know, overcoming the hardships, it, it's hard starting out. It is. When nobody knows you, it's, it's hard to get people to know you. And that's where your mindset has to be on the long-term game. It's not short. And so for me, it was getting out of the truck. That was one of the biggest obstacles for me was to have, hire, an employee, hire a team member to help me. Because I realized I could not do it all myself. So that was big in the whole scaling process. Those were our fan blitz questions. Listeners, uh, if you are you know, watching our YouTube channel, make sure you throw your questions in the comments. We, we are happy to ask them as we f- do these follow-up podcasts with many of the subjects of our videos. Stephen, what does effective leadership mean to you as a business owner? Uh, what type of leadership style would you say you use in running your business? I'm very... I'm very much of the of the state of mind that um, that leaders or bosses should be leaders, and so what that means is is leading from the front line. I think we can get caught up with just telling people what to do and not maybe showing them what to do or showing them a good path to take. So I think a, a great leader really empowers their team by by showing them by creating the systems systems and processes that we've talked about and empowering them to make their own decisions. But by giving them the correct boundaries, because it's, you can—it's one thing to give someone power to make decisions, um, but you can't go and, and say, "Why did you make that bad decision?" Because if you didn't have the correct boundaries in place, so it's really, really important to have the correct boundaries, so that individual or that manager or that employee knows their their boundaries and how to make their own decisions within those boundaries. Many of the business owners we interview have been experiencing staffing challenges in 2021. Uh, has that been your experience? And how do you find and keep strong employees in a tough labor market? No, we haven't really had a big issue with that. I, I've I've seen it, I've heard it, but I have not. We have not had that issue. So I feel like being at the top, as far as being the best, if you're committed to being the best, there will be people that want to come work for you. If you're if you're average, you know, it, it might be hard to it might be hard to hire people because there's a lot of average, right? So we really want to commit to being the best, and. You know, we've used the big staffing sites like Indeed, Facebook. We use all of them to for our staffing needs, and it and it works well. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that play into why a company may have staffing problems. Maybe it's a culture. Maybe it's the culture that that you have, and employees the employees that you're looking for aren't attracted to that culture. That could be a big fit. Another thing is the excuses, right? A lot of comp- a lot of guys will make excuses that I can't find people. I can't. This is ridiculous. I, you know, where do you find good people? <laughs> and it's really, a, yeah, it's really an excuse. And and good people will will come to a company that has a good culture, that's committed, and that's committed to the success of their employees. It, people, good people will come. It's inevitable. What does your hiring process look like? And and what would you recommend to business owners that maybe don't have employees yet and are looking to start adding some? Yeah, hiring your first employee is, is always one of the most trickier ones because if you've never done it before, you have no clue what you're looking for. You're just like anybody that could just help me, I will hire. And that's what I did. And you know, I, I didn't regret it, but I did have to let some people go because I didn't have I, I was still figuring out our culture and figuring out what I wanted as an individual and as a business owner. But starting out, the hard, like I said, the hardest thing is, is hiring that first first team member. But also, it's hard for you to let go, especially in the power wash business and, and, and other businesses. But it is hard to let go and let other team members do the work for you. I think that is one of the biggest things as entrepreneurs that we face. So if you can let go of that mindset and you can just say, hey, you know what? 
I'm done next week. I am not going to be out in the field working anymore. I'm going to have this so-and-so person and this so-and-so person do it for me. Make that decision and and be fully committed to it because it will change your life. And it's great having a, a, a big, a nice team around you and a, and a team that wants to be successful. Let's talk about your team organization. Uh, what's your system for managing your teams and how are you tracking employee performance? So we use a, a production. So we have all of our technicians on a on a production pay scale. So if they work faster, if and, and they're rewarded for that, and, and you know that has to be tied with quality too. So if their work is quality and they're and they're you know busting their butt, um, they're going to be compensated a little bit extra for that on top of an hourly rate. So that's where we're kind of tracking how is this team member doing, how is this crew doing, does that does that person, you know, is that person not hitting our targets? Is this person going way over our targets? Awesome. It's just a good way to track and to then have your reviews with your guys every few weeks and to talk about their talk about their success, talk about where that maybe they need improvement. Um, it's really good to have some type of tracking software in order to do that. Another viewer question from our YouTube channel, uh, Sebastian Macutabal wants to know, how do you know if the market or area is oversaturated or is there enough out there for everybody to succeed? I truly believe there's enough out there for everyone to succeed. You know, it's it, that's kind of an excuse as well. That's a great question, by the way. Awesome question. But for instance, out in my area, there's a lot of lawn care businesses. Our grass grows green. It it rains a lot. There's a lot of things that need trimmed and cut. There's oh, there's a million lawn care companies, right? And and some big, some small. But the thing about it is, is there's enough work for everyone. If there's a lot of companies in that specific industry. That's one reason that you should do that industry if you're really looking into it, because that means that there's a lot of work. There's a lot of people looking for that service. And if you become the best, you can really, really capitalize on that. So I would never run away if there was too much competition. I would welcome that with open arms. What is your biggest business challenge right now? Uh, why is it a concern? And what's your approach to overcoming it? As you start to scale, you know you can't, you can't always use your cash flow. For us, it's like, wow, I, I would, I really want to go big. Like, let's let's blow this thing up. And so, with that comes the challenges of, okay, we need funding, we need to, you know, have our hiring systems in place to where, how do we hire 15, 20 more technicians? You know, those are all things that tie into it. But you got to have that commitment. I'm fully committed to blowing this thing up. I'm I'm fully committed to that. And now, where am I going to find the funding? Where am I going to find good managers to help me get there? bunch of different things that kind of tie into that but it is it's challenging and you know that's where the the fully commitment thing the fully committed thing comes in and i'm fully committed let's do this <laughs> steven uh you and nw softwash have achieved a phenomenal amount of success uh but not every pressure washing business uh, reaches that level of success why do you think other businesses fail and what mistakes do you see other entrepreneurs making that that sabotage their business there's a, there's a lot that, that that's packed into that question and one thing is when you're fully committed you're going to you're going to make things happen now now we all have fears right so that's fine a lot of us don't know how to do things but we we take massive action and we make it happen and so it depends on what your dreams are and your goals you might want to just work by yourself maybe you've been working for someone for a long time and you just want to go out and work for yourself that's totally fine like that's great good for you but if you want to become big and and you want to have employees you need to get rid of that fear you need to run past your fear and and 
and just go for it. I mean, there's so many things that that you're not taking massive action on. And I, I know personally, I didn't do in the beginning. But now that I'm starting to understand it, you start to get traction. You start to understand that, wow, this is doable. And with enough action and with enough getting past that fear, there will be opportunities that arise that will blow your mind. Where do you go when you need advice or guidance as a business owner? Um, any resources you can share with listeners? I've uh, I've have a, I have a couple different mentors that I um, that I run things past. There's always guys in, in in your certain industry that have more knowledge than you, and those are people that you need to figure out a way to get around. Whether that's paying for a monthly subscription, you know, in, in a mastermind group, or finding a coach that that is willing to mentor you uh, for for free, maybe. I mean, that's that's possible. But a lot of times, you know, you got to flow some money in order to be a part of of a group. But I would always recommend getting in front of the right people, getting around the right people, and that will be very strategic in your in your success. One more question from our from our YouTube channel. Uh, no Carbs Nation is asking, what environmental issues slash roadblocks have you encountered and how are you managing those issues? Uh, their understanding is there are some tough regulations on water runoff, water reclamation, chemicals, etc. Especially in California. I mean, that's a, that's a great question, especially in California where things can be very strict and in some other states as well. However, you know, in order to clean a roof, in order to soft wash, you have to use chemicals. And, you know, the siding ma- manufacturer recommends it and the roof manufacturer recommends it. And so it's not something that's going to hurt the environment considerably. Anything that you use to kill off a bacteria is, is some type of chemical. And so in the states that you are working with that, you got to be really careful whether, yeah, Alex, just like you're saying it, whether you have to reclaim water, um, maybe you're not allowed to use a certain chemical, that's fine. There's always, there's always ways to make it happen. So you really just need to dive into your, your laws that you're, that you're kind of you know, working under. There are uh, people in our listening audience uh, who are young and want to start their own business, but have no idea how. Uh, what are your top three things you would tell them? How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To start a business is not always... Of course, it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it, right? So for the, for the people just starting out, find, find, what find out what you're passionate about. And that can, that can help you achieve your goals, whether that's making money or whether that's you know, a certain service. Find out what you're good at because we really... I feel like if more people in this world focused on what they're good at, we would have really epic communities versus people that are in, in a job that they hate or they, they dislike, but it's paying the bills. So really find, find somewhere where you thrive and that you're really, really good at. That's a huge plus to actually be good at their, at their uh, career. What's your top business book and why? What'd you learn from it that helped you grow your business? Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone is is one of my favorites. I'm also reading his um, Be Obsessed or Be Average. And that's a phenomenal book. It it talks about talks about being fully obsessed with the idea of of growing your business or growing your family or your marriage. That has changed my life. I mean, I've I've read read it now a couple of times and to be fully obsessed is really for those new entrepreneurs. Be fully obsessed. Like make it make it your obsession, and you will you will be successful after a certain amount of time. If you put your everything into it, you will find success. And so that's been that's been a powerful book for me. I would always recommend reading any of Grant Cardone's books. Those are those are great great books. Last question here for you, Stephen. What is your ultimate goal for NW Softwash, and what's your next step for getting there? 
yeah, I don't know if uh, if if I you know <laughs> need to share share to everyone, but you know, eventually as an exit strategy, I would love to love to sell and move on. But maybe that doesn't happen as soon as I wanted to, or I end up doing this a little bit longer than I thought. But yeah, eventually, I think everyone should have an exit strategy in mind. And for me, this isn't like a lifestyle business in my in my uh, in my book. So it'll it'll be something that eventually I will either get another or, you know get a partner and help out with this business or start another one. There's there's going to be others that <laughs> will definitely go down in my book since I'm I am still very young. Absolutely. Stephen Rogers of NW Softwash. Thanks for stopping by the show and we're looking forward to to continuing to tra- whatever that next business might be. We'll be right here to to kind of track along and see how you're doing. Um thanks thank you so much Stephen for stopping by. Al, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate your time. And for our listeners out there, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Upflip, and our blog, where we interview and share some useful resources and tools for business owners. You can see that at upflip.com slash blog. Uh, Listeners, we've got more amazing interviews coming up. Make sure you spread the word uh, if you like this podcast to all your business-loving friends uh, and, and rate and review the show. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, all. 